Three seconds. Curry from half court. Oh! He puts it in at the buzzer. All right, this is uh, all 82, but I guess it from, from the streets is telling me it's not really all 82 anymore. I keep hearing all 40, all 60. All MT2? Uh, this is the part where I insert the wah, wah, like running on empty. Yeah, nah, you over two, buddy. That <laughs> you is, like, but you like empty my mind. That's what's crazy. Why do you like empty my mind but not running on empty? Why, why are we talking about that? You want it to be about eighty-two. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Look, I proceed. 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 Thank you, man. Can I, this, is, <laughs> this is my show right now. I'm taking over for Anthony Slater and Ethan Strauss. Hey, hey. Grow up, Ethan. Ah. <laughs> Grow got, up. He's got mad with power. He's Grow got up. mad with power. He's multimedia. He's got the headphones Grow on. Grow up, Ethan. We're walking, trying to do a pod he here. Strutting around with the with the headphones on. Taking Grow over up. Slater's cubicle tonight. You wouldn't even know by this exchange, but I also have James Edwards III, our Detroit Pistons beat writer for the Athletic, burgeoning superstar. Oh, come on. Future future uh, 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 writer of the year. What's the what's the award for like best writer? He's gonna take Ethan's post one. Well, let's not do this. Let's not do this. But I listen to this podcast a lot, and to see the way you guys just got on mic versus what you guys were your guys' interactions prior to on mic. It's I love you guys are good. Like wait, this wait, is, wait, what, what happened? How is it any different? I want to know. No, it's the same, but just the energy's turned up. Oh, you got it. Yeah, because it's like how the camera adds ten pounds. It's like the microphone subtracts, I don't know, 10 pounds of energy. What are we, yeah, what are we, we talking about? No what are we talking about? <laughs> I, I, I appreciate you guys having me on. I'm, I'm a big saying, fan. If you're going to run that mic, I need you to put it closer to his mouth. I mean, uh, get it <laughs> my bad. Here, let's try. Is this good? Like <laughs> No, no, that's not good. Okay. I need it by his mouth. <laughs> okay. Yeah, by, by, by his mouth. There we go. Yes. Yes. By his mouth. <laughs> what is going on? Hey, Marcus is like an agent of can we, can we switch from mics to balls and talk, <laughs> talk oh, basketball? Oh, no. Basketball. Basketball. Oh, I'm sorry. Basketball. Speaking of basketball. Speaking of basketball. It's better than microphones. Speaking of basketball right, games. Hey, look. We're done with this. Uh, Warriors win 121-114. It wasn't that close for much of the second half, but a late run by... Future legend Joe Ingles copycat Luke Kennard <laughs> was on fire. Then Thon Maker started hitting shots, and it made it close. But really, we kind of knew the result. We knew the words would win. Uh, so let's start. Ethan wants to say something, but no, I'm not, not, not going to let him talk because we have a guest. I, no, want I wanted James to ask Edwards a question of our guest that you do you like that Ingles comp? Do you like I'm that Ingles comp? Can, can you, you please put the mic next to his mouth? This ain't hard. <laughs> uh, you about to get fired. I'm I'm so this is I'm like I don't even know like how to like how about you get convert this. Yeah, let's do this. Thank you. There we go. No, I I, I just wanted to know. Do you like that Ingles comp for uh, Kennard? It was amazing down the stretch of this game. Yeah, it's not bad. Um, I one guy I always go to. He's good, but I'm also leaning in a little bit for being honest. But um, I I kind of go with Goran Dragic. I think he's a guy that can create a little bit off the dribble. Um, Ingles has the size, obviously, and he's probably a – he's just more – I don't know if he's more crafty, but Luke's game is he – he can put the ball on the string. He can kind of wiggle through defenses. He can split double te- – or not double teams, off the p- pick and roll. I, I see a little bit of Drogic in him. I don't know, but I do like Ingles. I'm not against it. 
I just like the touch. Like he he yeah. he looked like he didn't. He looked like when he shot, he wasn't close to missing. And mm. with a hand in his face, off the dribble, on the spot up, getting fouled, yeah. like he was money. I don't know if that's how normal that is, or if that was just a Warriors thing because people play the Warriors and all of a sudden their lights out. Well, the thing with with him, the thing is like Dwayne has been like putting in his head, just shoot the ball. Like last year as a rookie, he shot over forty percent from three and over forty percent from the field. And this year, he's on pace to do the same. But it's he's very passive yeah, he at times. Take as many shots. He doesn't take yeah. as many shots as a, as a guy that shoots that well from the field does. But over the past like. Since the trade deadline, when they traded Reggie Bullock and Stanley Johnson, and he's, I mean, he's playing like 27 minutes a game, he's he's taking shots that people have been wanting him to take since he's got to Detroit, and he's knocking them down because why? He's a shooter. That's why Dwayne's telling him to do this, and he, he's not just a shooter. As I think as you guys saw tonight, he's a scorer. He can. He's not just out here shooting threes. So I wasn't watching the TV feed, as I don't think you were either, Marcus. What are the odds that that fits? Was reacting to the Kennard onslaught with just saying that it was preposterous. I think. I think, I think Fitz is a safe space. I think we should not talk about <laughs> We should not talk about Fitz. I feel, like, I feel like Danny LaRue has talked enough about Fitz. I mean it with us. love. I mean with it with love. I mean, you know he said, oh, and of course. <laughs> no, he didn't use it for Luke. He used it for Thon Maker. Yeah. Which would have been. and three for four from Frankly, three. he should have with Thon Maker. Yeah, that Thon was a little Maker's bit surprising. Like, oh, of course Thon Maker's never going to miss tonight. <laughs> See, James doesn't know about Fitz. I know so. a little bit. I'm a, I'm a constant Warriors League Pass watcher. Really, the Fitz part? That's the you watch Fitz and JB. That's the announcer, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I don't know. People around yeah. here watch the away. Well, you have to realize <laughs> you have to realize when I get out of Pistons games, it's ten thirty. Yeah. So I go home to write. And I'm throwing on the game. It's usually the Warriors. But you throw on the Warriors. Yeah, broadcast. yeah, okay. most of the time. Yeah. Good to know, good to know. Yeah. Okay. So let, let's we got to begin with what one of the things I'm writing about is the most riveting part was the Draymond Green Blake Griffin. Rematch mm. of or or rekindled rivalry. I just don't. I was I was on Casey on Twitter because I don't understand. First, generally, I say don't post up Draymond Green. You just can't post up Draymond Green. Mm-hmm. It's there's something deceptive about him that messes you up, and he's not as he's not as small as you think. You might feel like you're stronger than him, but. Sh- but he's got that grown man, I play in jeans and Timberlands type strength <laughs> at the park. That's sagging on Michigan. Yeah, right. And he's, his arms are longer than what you think. Yeah. It's just never a good matchup. If anybody knows this, it's Blake Griffin. He's been trying to post him up for years, and it doesn't work. And what does he do first quarter? He starts posting up Draymond. Right. And I think that's a great point. And I think what we learned today is there are very few people who one-on-one can – stifle Blake in the post and Draymond's that one of one and the thing that opens up the Pistons' offense is he isolates Blake a lot in the post to force a double team to open up the shooters which I assume he was trying to do today until he learned that the Warriors don't need to throw a double team at Blake because Draymond's got it Um, which why it looked like the Pistons' offense was so out of sorts except for maybe there was a nice little stretch early in the first quarter when they started and Blake and Andre had the connection with the pick and roll and stuff but that kind of throws that hurts the Pistons when somebody can one-on-one hang with Blake because that is their offense is yeah. to create they don't have creators I, I, like you can make a case that Luke Kennard is their second best creator with the basketball um and that's an issue when when you get in trouble like that. Ethan, yeah. what that must feel what does that feel like put your you are now Blake Griffin uh-huh. how does that feel <laughs> to, to come in here and you're trying to get revenge for all those years with the Clippers mm-hmm. and then that happens yeah, that's bad, and especially when you expect a double team and the double team never comes and you can't get an advantage. Uh, and like you're saying, not a lot of guard creators for, for the Pistons. I don't know how they're making the playoffs, considering the lack of perimeter creation for that team. But 
I mean, I, I just want to riff on some of the points about Draymond the post. He's kind of ideal. There's something about it's the strength. When you can't move a guy, I think for a lot of players it's about getting to the spot. If you can't get to the spot, then you're not going to make the shot, even if you do have a height advantage. Just right. getting to the spot is so paramount, and you can't get to the spot against Draymond, and then Draymond's quick enough that usually Blake can out-quick somebody. You know, if he's against somebody lumbering, a Zaza type, even though that's his teammate, mm-hmm. at least he can out-quick him, but he can't out-quick Draymond. It's just a nightmare matchup for him that has followed him to Michigan. I, I think that, I think there's another element, probably the most intangible one, is Draymond's, like, instincts and how he reads what you're about to do. Mm-hmm. And uh, trust me, James, like, during the Clippers rivalry, yeah. Draymond will literally tell me, I'm about to do this to Blake. (laughs) He's going to go to this move, and I'm going to do that. That's why I thought, like Casey, eventually, that's why I thought it was a smart move. Eventually, he went away from it. Eventually, he started running the pick. Yeah, Yeah, he started running the screens, trying to get Draymond. They did everything to get Draymond off of him. He had success against everybody, which, for me, felt like good coaching. Doc Rivers never did it. It always amazed me, but Casey figured it out in the quarter. Yeah, and that's interesting to me, too, what you're talking about, because Dwayne hasn't had a player like Blake in his coaching career, and which I just realized today, Draymond I mean, hasn't. He did po- have Amir Johnson up in Toronto. <laughs> that was actually the was he the second to last high school player by the Pistons? Uh, Pistons drafted him. Monte Ellis was Monte Ellis and Monte Amir Ellis Johnson, I believe, there. were the two. CJ Miles was in there, and CJ right? Miles was in there. Um, but Draymond has never played Blake in a Piston uniform until tonight. I didn't realize that. He missed. Also, they didn't. Before the last year, they'd already played twice before the trade, and then Draymond didn't play in Detroit got this it, year. Got it. And then I thought it was post game um, quotes were interesting where See, he said he I'm called. Glad I did right first because now I'm putting that in my. Yeah, well, he said he's a. He said I get up for great players, and Blake's a great player. He's even better than the last time I yeah, saw him. And that's the thing with Blake is, I mean, he's had the three balls you guys saw tonight. Um, and I think most people, I mean, we've been writing it in Detroit. This is the best basketball he's played of his career. I know it didn't look like it tonight, but if you look at, he's going to be All NBA. Oh, no, he definitely – I mean, it's Draymond, right? It's right, not, I mean, it's yeah. It's a knock on him. Exactly. He can't just dominate Draymond. But once he got away from him, like, I thought he made great. Yep. When they ran the pick and roll, and he was great with them little – Point four. Can you believe that Blake has a viable step-back three-pointer? Yeah, it's crazy. Oh. In the corners? And he didn't really do it that much tonight, but he has one where he sizes you up in the corner and one. brings it back. I thought he oh, and it's always money. He was in the corner, but yeah. he went to the post. Early in the like, first – yeah, that's yeah. That's his shot over there. That's his shot. Yeah, I was at the uh, his return game in L.A. Okay. when he came back, and he was doing a lot of that. Oh, he nice was, yeah, 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 yeah. That was a pretty good game. Um, but yeah, he's added so much. He's just so much more skilled. It's a shame that, I mean, it's like youth is wasted on the young. It's just a shame that this Blake couldn't have been merged with the Blake who had all the athleticism back with the Clippers. I feel like he needed to go through the failures. He's been dominated physically for so long. Mm. Like, why would he? Why would you add stuff to your game if you were Blake right. back when it was Lob City? It's like it's almost like when you hear about – I get tweets all the time. Why can't these NBA players shoot? Russell Westbrook never needed to shoot until he got to the league. Ben Simmons never needed to shoot. Until, like, they physically dominated. John Wall, it, Blake's the bigger version of that. They never really needed these things until you realize you need these things. Yeah. I mean, that's how we're, we're all kind of like that a little bit, where we don't do things unless we need to do them. I mean, that's just – that's just how it is in life. So we got to talk about, and you know, maybe you could tell us how you 
what you thought of the vibe. Uh, it felt like Oracle was a little bit back. I wasn't at the last game. Oh, it was it a good crowd. It was a weirdly good crowd last game. They were like, they were hype off regular stuff. Like somebody do regular crossover, they're standing up, and they're going crazy. I feel like Clay like, shamed. Clay sh- been like what? Clay. I think Clay shamed them. Clay did shame them, right? <laughs> oh yeah, I saw that. I saw he like last week or something, right? He said they. We need them, or they need to show up, or yeah, something like that. Did he say something else last game? Or? Yeah, yeah. He sh- he gaslit them and he shamed them because I didn't even think that they were bad in the game. He said they were bad, so okay. now they're taking it from being pretty good to okay. We gotta. It, 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 it's crazy. I mean, they went a little in the wrong direction last game. They were they were cheering so loud when Dirk was scoring at the beginning. It was like, oh, isn't this sweet? Look at <laughs> Dirk in his last game scoring a few points. Like, boom, thirty something point, forty something point lead. But, yeah, it's it's been a good crowd. It's been really good. It seems like the crowd was happy to see the Warriors trying. <laughs> <laughs> right, Thanks That's for trying. <laughs> Thanks is, for trying. That is the worst and whitest cheer <laughs> of all time. What's like, a non-white cheer? What's a, what's a less white when cheer? I was at, when I was in high school, uh, you know, we had we had six high schools. We would go play at Fremont. And... The entire school, I'm talking about administrators, principals, and all that, and they're screaming the cheers, Fremont High School. Yeah. And the whole crowd goes, Fremont, mother, mother. <laughs> there we go. That's a hood cheer. That's the non I'm just picturing okay. Kirsten Dunst in the cheerleader uniform, like, scribbling it down, yeah, waiting right. to steal it to bring it back to her high school. <laughs> I like that because like I could picture him writing that too. Like that's what's awesome. Like I could use that as a reference easily. So Steve went off. He didn't go off, but he put he put the the bad nights in perspective. He he mm. gave the spiel. You know, I guess I'll, we could insert the audio here. But he gave the spiel about like why like everybody's complaining about the Warriors not playing hard. He's like, look. For three years, we never had one of these, so chill. Are, are you it, buying it? it? Uh, is this the Mark Jackson? Remember Mark did that? Like, oh, we haven't had one of these in a long time. But he hadn't won a bunch of championships, so people took it a little bit differently. Um, I mean, there's truth in what Steve's saying. I don't necessarily think that fans love hearing it. They love hearing it more after a win. They probably would be less receptive to that message if it was immediately after the Dallas game. But, of course, Kerr is pretty savvy with PR. Um I mean, in the broad sweep, it's very successful. It's been a great run. And I think that I'm of two minds, right? Warriors fans are spoiled, and they're not getting the same effort and joy night to night. Like, both things are true. Both things are true at once. How did you take it? I I agree it's true, but I want to know, do do you guys have these problems at Little Caesars? (laughs) Are you looking at at us like, what what are they talking about? So, I mean, like, so first... How are things at the Pizza Dome? It's, I mean, they're... That's a, you guys don't understand. Like to hear other another media group or even another fan base talk about like the arena in Detroit. It's all about why are the seats empty? Well, because the team hasn't won a playoff game in ten years. Like, what do you like? Why I don't the, the yeah. It's a touchy subject in Detroit. But I have a, like it really sounds like people around here like think this is the end. Are you guys all on that boat? Like I, as a, as to get a, us aggregated. Well, first, as an outsider. I need to like I, I I don't think they go into games thinking oh my gosh I just can't wait for the playoffs I legitimately just think that there's another switch that's going to be turned on when the playoffs come like I don't think it's sub, like I don't think they're thinking oh all right another regular season game I think it's just I natural think, I think there are two ends first off this is the end of Oracle right and right there's a little bit of 
like sensitivity. Like everybody expected this to be this nostalgic closing where everything is lit and it's the old Oracle game. That's it's like true. it's like an old band coming out for one last <laughs> right. before you retire. Right. Yeah, that's not really happening. But there is a vibe that no matter what, somehow this team is going to be different next year. Yeah. And maybe that's not the end, but it's the end of the Warriors as we understand it. I think there's a general vibe of that. Do people th- – do you think the fan base would be okay if it's legitimately just KD leaving and it's back to Steph, Draymond, and Clay? It really, let, it really, dep- it really depends on what happens. The level of success that follows that happening, I think, depends. But the, in, yeah. in the interim, like, like if, if KD left, it's in July, so there's like three months – yeah, I think. Well, here's the thing. Here's the thing, though. That's a hard question to answer because a lot of people are going to say they're going to talk themselves into because people would rather feel good than bad. They're going to say, "Yeah, I'm glad he's gone. I'm glad he left." But you're going to see the real answer to that question is going to be dependent on how successful they are if he leaves. I should say if, not when. If he leaves, can I, as somebody who just loves basketball and is fascinated with this Warriors rise? I honestly had more fun watching them before KD got here, and I don't hope this doesn't get anybody in trouble. I just—it's not. We, you saw people practically weeping during the Andrew Bogut tribute video. I, I don't think you're the only person <laughs> okay, who felt that way. They were mortal, but it was like, and you always thought that this team was the best team in the league, but you thought that somebody could beat them. Even with all this stuff going on now, I still just don't think anybody's going to beat them when it comes down to it. But there was something about the. The innocence of Clay and Steph and just the toughness of Draymond that it's like these three guys, all homegrown, all drafted here. And that's the one thing the war I the Warriors, I don't know if people just miss this, but like everybody calls them a super team. I don't they're not a super team to me. Like the three of their guys were drafted. By the way, you said you said that what I said earlier was the whitest cheer. I think the whitest cheer would be built, not bought. You know, you remember that with the Spurs versus the Heat? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. I that yeah. was uh, when King, when my, the Heatles came. To yeah, town, yeah, right? the yeah. Heatles, the Spurs are like built, not bought. And uh, I just, I just want to say, I legitimately, if that's the outcome at, at the end of this, they win another title and Katie leaves, or it's the that trio and Katie leaves and they don't win. I think everything's okay. Like I think there, you didn't Katie. What man, game did Katie like sit out last week? I just like I don't know. Everything's okay. I mean, we're all gonna wake up the next day. I mean, it's 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 okay. Life will go on. I mean, it's it's all complicated though because we always say the fan base, the fan base, but there are different people feeling different things. I mean, some fans are as big a Steph Curry fan as they are Warriors fan, mm-hmm. and that complicates things a little bit because they might not admit it, but they want to see Steph get that Finals MVP. They want to see Steph get that. They just want to see credit. Steph do. 2015-16 all over again. But they, and they want to see it in the finals, and they want it to be his team. And there are probably some Warriors fans who, if you came to them and they and you said, look, this run's been great. Let's assume they win three. Let's assume they win the, the championship. Let's, let's forward ahead. You know, three championships with KD, or after 2016 losing, the Warriors come back, Steph dominates against that LeBron Cavs team, finals MVP, one championship, that's the only one you get within that three-year sweep. Yeah. What would the breakdown be, Marcus, you think? Like, how many fans would take option two instead of the, uh, the option one? I think it's probably one? 50-50. Yeah. That's a Same. great question. That's a great way to put it. I guess I don't. you guys know the fan base better than I, but I, I think I would agree it would be 50-50. I think that people – there was something magical about what happened before KD got here and something that people could get behind because, it, like you said, it was homegrown. But this is the problem with, like, relationships. Like – there is no recreating the magic of when you first got together. Mm. Create new magic. Like, stop living on, 
Oh, you used to write me poems. Guess what? <laughs> poems are never coming back. Create new kids. magic. We have kids now. <laughs> Create right? new magic. Bills are right. I have to see you every day. Yeah, right? We're not, <laughs> the the, the drive-in, I guess that's like an old school. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The day, you know, like, like that's never coming back. We're no, you're right. We're getting back to that. And you're right. I, I think that's the mistake people make by trying to relive the glory years. No relationships grow yep. and, and things get and they end up getting better and more fulfilled it's not based on a surges of indulgence more it's more like significant that's why i think if kd sat down and thought this out he'd be like i'm gonna sign a five-year deal and i'm gonna try to win five championships and i think that's a option that people are considering but i don't think people are considering enough like i honestly just believe if they win again like why would you leave this? Like, I know maybe at that point he thinks I have nothing to prove. Like, maybe the, the thing I only have left to prove is let me go to a new team. I'm the legitimate guy, and let's see what I do there. But it's like if you're – everybody says he's chasing LeBron. Well, well the irony know. might be that this is the one where if he won it, they would say you're the best player in the world. We, we've thrown out LeBron. We don't care anymore. Like, LeBron isn't it anymore. Where the last two, people didn't make that adjustment. So – at that point, maybe that changes the calculus. We're getting very far ahead of ourselves. I mean, they've got some yeah. teams they got to beat. But, yeah. yeah, I mean, I do think if they get through the West, and it's hard to look at a West team other than Houston and say, man, they could really, they could really do man, some damage. Man, I was thinking OKC. Man, boy, did they, well, Westbrook's, they kill that. I mean, there's this, there's, there's this issue where Westbrook is so bad against the Warriors, against that switching defense, and Utah also. Mitchell's very Westbrook-y when he goes up against the Warriors. And... You know, Houston's a little bit tricky, but if they get to the finals, I always I always repeat this, new finals teams are generally trash in the finals. It's a completely different setup. Their practice is not controlled by them anymore. The NBA is running them. They don't know how to deal with it. The last time a wait, new Wait, wait. When was the last time? 2004. And what was the team? The Detroit Pistons. Oh, yes, that's right. Yeah. That's a great stat. To add to that real quick before and we can actually tie it back to the Pistons. I do think if we if, Warriors get to the finals, and you guys have seen it, uh, Milwaukee. The one thing that I think took Golden State really over the hump today, like from the gate, is that Detroit has n- absolutely no length to guard Clay, KD. Like nobody's bothering Steph because of length and athleticism. Milwaukee, like even though, like you said, it's you a new adjustment. Guys, the whole team. Yeah. Like I, I can't. I hope that's the series. Like I just, as a basketball fan, I hope that's it. I would love to see that oh series. They don't have an answer for Giannis. No, they don't. And that's what that would at least increase the chess of the series, right? There'd be there'd be an actual chess match. I would like to see it. That. It would be just so hard for me to envision that that Bucks team never having gone deep in the playoffs in the NBA Finals. So hard, yeah. I'm no, assuming right. they get there. I'm assuming they get there. But yeah, I mean, I don't think they'll get there. I do think, I do think, uh, experience will hunt them in. I'm sorry, like Giannis is the greatest player in the league for like he's the MVP this year. Yeah. I'm just not banking on Eric Bledsoe. He's got to show me first, right? Wow. Yeah. <laughs> That's just the way. I mean, I just, he's a nice player, but at that level, you need more than a nice player. I'm with you. I need to see him be another level. But back to tonight's game, Katie took six shots. If I'd have told you that before the game, what would you have thought, James? Um, I actually probably would have thought that they're probably doing all right because if I think Katie's one of those guys that knows if he needs to assert himself or not. And I saw seeing his quotes, he sounds like what what he did last night didn't work. So he was trying to, like he said to you guys, you guys try to box me in, <laughs> and I can make plays. I don't have to just. Well, he, uh, just I, I, I tried to clarify and be like, <laughs> did you ask you, him that question? 
Yeah. Oh, I, you did I, actually ask him the question. I just saw. The, I just read the. No, I asked okay. him the question, and then I said, "You when you say you, you mean general, right? Like, <laughs> like general meeting. What like, no, you, Marcus Thompson. What? And then I had to. Then I had yeah, to call he, him out. He, he was sort of friendly at that point. He was like, it was. I mean, it was funny. I don't. I don't know. He, Ethan was jealous because his last interaction with Katie it was. It was room. a little less friendly. Just like a little less friendly. <laughs> just a little bit less. I'm sorry if this is like old news, but like, is like, are you guys like all right now, or is it just like there's? No I'm all right. They're not, they're not all <laughs> right. Okay, I'm all right. Yeah. We might. We might. We might need you to sit them down and tell them it's gonna be all right. <laughs> I mean, that's what you were just doing about the Warriors fans. Like, it's gonna be all right. <laughs> I'll do my best. <laughs> I'd like to see what would happen. So, Ethan, they, mm-hmm. like, we've seen Kevin Durant take a passive role. We've seen him stand in the corner. Mm-hmm. We've seen him at least look like he's pouting. I know he would say, you don't know what I'm feeling. And there's some value to that. But <laughs> we've seen him on the court looking like he's deferring and not, like, interested in being involved, right, or, like, willingly being secondary, even to the point where you're like, Yo, it's KD, it's time to take over, and he's like standing in the corner. That didn't look like tonight at all, right? That look, this looked like point KD, like well, in it, effect. It's interesting because they almost need somebody to do it. I don't know if this is ideal versus the matchup for him to take so few shots, but it often seems that the Warriors do have. They're almost blessed with too much offensive talent and too many guys who can score, which you ultimately need in the playoff series and the crucible of the postseason. But a lot of times in the regular season. I mean, I'm a big advocate for some of those some of those lineups where instead of the Hamptons five, you have somebody taken out and just uh, put is it. Is this you on the McKinney lineup well, again? Or put, put Lee in there too. I think it's the same kind of role. Just a dude who stands in the corner like Harrison Barnes did and not everybody is, you know, at once trying to, uh, trying to score. I almost said score the ball like a league pass announcer. But I think that it's that in the regular season goes down a bit smoother. In the postseason, though, you almost want that – overabundance of guys who can create because you know not everybody wants to assert themselves some guys get a little shook you want you want a guy who can really step up so i don't know it's it's something that help can help them a lot if somebody is the guy who defers that night it can help them a lot is i guess what i'm saying i I was thinking like i know he said i try to box him in even though as i pointed out to him to his face (laughs) uh i was the only one who wrote an article about how good point kd has been but anyway uh it just I agree with him. He played an incredible floor game. I think it's a symbol of how great. <laughs> I just love that, like, you're like, yeah, that's right. I complimented you. To your face. Yeah, I, right? co- I gave you a compliment, <laughs> buddy. I, I didn't sound that white, though. I, I sound <laughs> you you didn't more. sound like radio either. Yeah, right. But uh, I do think he played a great floor game, and I do think uh, it just shows the versatility of his game. Like, he can literally be like, yeah, I'm not going to shoot. I'm going to impact the game. But I'm thinking if you're Detroit, and you have to spend so much time trying to figure out, man, what are we going to do about KD? Right. It almost feels like he he would be helping you by only taking six shots. 100%. And I think the thing, to, to piggyback off what you guys were saying, I didn't think KD looked like he was, like, in the pissy passive nah, mode. Nah, no, yeah. There was one play, like, specifically, I think he might have been at the top of the key, and he had Ishmith on him, and it looked like he was going to do something. But then Clay came baseline and had Langston Galloway posted him up, and he just fed him. And it was just like, look, at that point, Clay was hot. And when you and when like what Ethan said, when you get in the playoffs, you're going to want an overabundance of guys who can just go get buckets, and it's a little bit of isolation ball. And if the Warriors are going to shoot 61 percent and 52 percent from three, and everybody's getting theirs, then maybe that's a different story. But that's not going to 
maintain with that much consistency. I thought it looked beautiful tonight against a team that just doesn't match up well against them since the trade because they don't have the Stanley Johnson that can mess with KD. They don't have the Reggie Bullock that can at least bother Clay Thompson because of height. Um, but I thought today it was just beautiful. Everybody, everybody had their moments. Early it was Steph. Everybody was getting the ball to Steph, and then Clay got going. Everybody got him the ball, and KD just kind of whenever they needed a little something, he stepped in and shot, and it wasn't any, nothing forced, nothing that you would be like he was purposely trying to insert himself into the game, at least from a scoring standpoint. Yeah, I thought this was textbook professional KD knowing exactly what to do and when to do it and looking like somebody who's played his league for 10 years, has two finals MVPs, and knows – I don't really need to get buckets tonight. It's just the Pistons. Yeah, right. We have an off day tomorrow off the back-to-back. I'm just going <laughs> to dime you guys. Yeah. Let me, like, <laughs> now, last time we did that, we were, people were calling him Kobe. And the, remember? Mm. Like, oh, he's looking like Kobe. Well, that's, what we, that's what we do in the media. We, we play the result. That's what we do. Yeah, you know? Basically. We would probably be saying, hey, it was minus seven. Like, if they made that comeback, if the, if the Pistons made that crazy comeback, then we would probably be analyzing it more, I think, anyway. By the way, James, I wanted to ask you, Wayne yeah. Ellington was a player of the Warriors, definitely wanted in the buyout market. Yeah. Has he ever explained why he chose the Pistons? Uh, or did, did it ever come up? I mean, that? we've been able to piece it together. So, uh, Arn Tellum, who's the vice minority owner, uh, vice chairman of the Pistons, has a great relationship with him. I think he might have been his agent at one point. Um, the, for those who don't know, the NBA power agent for a time. Yes, like, like the power agent. Everybody's agent. Um, and then Did Bob Myers work for him? Yep. yep. Yeah. And then there was a point for Wayne, who is a guy that I think he's played for eight different teams. Um, he's going to be an unrestricted, unrestricted free agent this summer. Um, the Pistons were looking for somebody to fill Reggie Bullock's role. And if you, on paper, you look at the two, they're nearly identical, except Reggie Bullock's 6'7". And I feel bad for Reggie Bullock because he was on his way to a nice payday, and then he goes to L.A. where everything is just terrible, and he's just not been good when he's shooting like 40% when he was with the Pistons. Um, But Wayne Ellington steps into a role where he's a starter. Um, He's shooting. He only shot five shots today, but he's been lights out for like the last three weeks. Um, So he has a chance to kind of showcase himself going into free agency. It was was a good fit. The system with the DHOs and the way Reggie and Blake played together, Reggie Bullock and Blake played together, like Wayne's been able to kind of show that, and that's kind of where – where we're at in the NBA where you want these 3 and D guys to come off downhill, DHOs, uh, space the floor, just corner shooters. It, it was a perfect role for him to show, showcase himself going into free agency, plus the Arntellum connection. Uh, they really worked him, and it made sense. Can I, can I play up the uh, the California arrogant warrior angle? Yeah, that they don't even do DHOs? That they do, like, barely any? I was like, DHOs? That's yeah. how they gave I don't see any DHOs. Yeah, it's all- I'm thinking he played, he played 20 minutes, right? And he took five shots, and he's playing next to Reggie Jackson, who is not known for sharing the rock, yeah. right? And he's middle of the pack in the East. Where, where are the Pistons? Yes. Um, why, why did he – you're shaming this man for no, his decision. I, I want he, – like, he was bad today. He hasn't been this bad. No, but I was thinking, like, I, I guess I wanted you two to wax poetic about, like, why does why does it – and Wayne Ellis is not alone. Why are people not saying, I get to play in the finals with – Steph Curry, like, why is that not something? I mean, a certain uh, Australian, a certain Australian yeah, made that made not, that choice. But it's not like he's got, like, he had fifty teams Sorry. knocking down his door either. But yeah, if you're, uh, what's the guy who chose Indiana? <laughs> he did, but they all they all said things like mate. Uh, yeah, right. Uh, who? <laughs> Tyreek? Nah, nah. Wesley Matthews. Oh, Wesley Matthews. Tyreek yeah, yeah. Evans did yeah, choose, he, to choose not to come to the Warriors. Yeah. Wayne Ellington, like, you start looking at these players and they're. Nobody's like saying, "Yo, I'm about to play in the 
I want to play in the finals, and there's minutes available. I think for me, for Wayne, again, there was probably some maneuvering going on at the front office. But I do think for somebody that's played for eight or nine different teams, to get some stability and have a chance to show, like, at least that he deserves a contract and bet on himself, I think it makes sense. I don't know if necessarily – I'm sure everybody wanted him, so I'm sure the Warriors would use him. And it sounded like they wanted him bad from what I heard. But, um, like, again, he gets to showcase himself in Detroit. Yeah, I mean – Maybe there's not as much joy around the situation. Maybe Steph's not giving enough hugs. Maybe he didn't hug Wayne Ellington, and that didn't get the job done. And also, This is what I wanted right here. This yeah, he needs to give more hugs to lower-level players. And uh, Arn Tellum is just – I mean, he's like, a, he's like a mafia don, man. I remember seeing Arn Tellum at Sloan on some sort of panel, and they were talking about negotiations. And I think Bob might have been – he might have been on stage with him. And uh, you could tell that Arn Tellum was the the guy of that panel, and they were talking about threats and agents who make threats. And I just always remember what he said about you know when you threaten a team and say, "If you don't do this offer, I'm going to sign with somebody else." Arn goes, "I don't make threats. I just do it." And then they live in fear. <laughs> so you know that's awesome. I've never heard that story. That's that's, awesome. that's Arn Tellum. I mean, they talk a little looser when the uh, when the agents get together. I wonder if Arn was like Bob, back off. <laughs> back off. <laughs> well, this was some years. Ago. I don't think he was working. I mean, <laughs> I mean now you like yeah. call Bob. Like, Bob. <laughs> right, thanks, you Bob. know who I am. Back up. No, I made you, Bob. I made. I made you. You owe me one. Those are the if, two people who made Bob Myers, Arn Tellum, and James, uh, Warren Legary. Out, outside of our California arrogance, is there no like? Is this? I, I mean, I, remember when the Warriors got KD? It was like, oh yeah, we'll just sign a bunch of ring chasers and you'll get whoever you want. And yeah. it hasn't really quite worked out that way. Do uh, you think the, the the Warriors' mystique doesn't really affect the rest of the league? I don't know. I'm again. I I enjoy the Warriors' situation. I've never like I'm not a ring like I don't think what KD did was ring chasing. I legitimately think he wanted to have fun playing basketball. I was more thinking like David West. Mm. And, you know. oh. I like when you said mystique. You almost pronounced it like mustique, like musty like mystique. Just, musty mystique. Just like I'm fine with that though. For yeah, those guys at their stage fine. in their career, yeah. I just wonder why. Why do you think more players aren't trying to do that? Is it because of they just want to take down the Warriors? They don't yeah. think it's all that California property. California income tax is too high. That, I mean, that's a great question. I wonder if some guys now are just like at the point like Vince Carter, which I love and appreciate. Like, I just want to get some buckets. Mm. Like, I just want to play. Like what Vince Carter's doing, I love. Like, I'm gonna say, I can't curse on you, right? Sure. I love that shit. Like the it's fact that he's just out there playing basketball on a shitty team. Like, I think people just want to play ball, and I think they know in Golden State that there's a limited opportunity to just go out there and play ball because there is such a heavy emphasis on these five guys that it's I mean, it's I mean, just you're, you're either going along for the, you have to be at a certain point in your career I think to just jump on the Warriors I think guys that are still have something to prove still have money to make in this league um, depending on their role like it just doesn't seem like a right fit at least to me I mean just who's getting paid off playing with this team right I mean it's hard to get featured we talked yeah. about the overabundance of offensive options if you're a call Yeah, I mean, Pat, yeah. Uh, Yeah, so maybe, I mean, guys aren't stupid. They know what's going to increase the value. I'll tell you who gets paid. Andre Iguodala, Sean Livingston. Mm. (laughs) They got paid off. (laughs) I guess. I mean, Sean's making, what, eight mil? I mean. But do you think other guys outside the organization worry that there's just so much, like, 
fundamentally built in. Like, oh, I'm not I, getting yeah. Sean Spot. I'm not getting Andre Spot. Okay. Like, yeah. I If I'm looking at this team, I'm like, where, where well, am also, I playing? Also, you know whose fault it is? It's Steve's fault. Because Steve is always so honest in those pitch meetings. Oh, we always hear man. about it. We only hear about it when it works, stories, too, because yeah. they can all laugh about it. Like, Steve told me barely play. But that's it. It, it, it had to happen a few times with somebody who actually turned them down. And they were like, yeah, nah, man. I just talked to the coach. He said there are no, there's no role for me. <laughs> and I, I would respect. I would want to know that if I was in, in talks with Golden State. I would love to know that. I, I'm all for it. I like how they run their operation. Interesting. So we don't we don't like this game at all. We've talked about everything but the game. So I guess this game is kind of kind of whack for you. All right. I mean, it was uh, uh, Steph. Like Steph that. looked good coming off the rest. Oh yeah, we didn't talk about Steph. Uh, he took he took a day off. Through through apparently this amazing party for his wife's thirtieth birthday, and he didn't look like he looks like the rest helped him. <laughs> I'm just remembering the question you asked Steve. How do you phrase that again? How'd that go? I don't remember. <laughs> it's so hard. To, like, record and ask the question? Like, I was like, you guys do this every day. This is so weird. It's, Where it's, you're trying to, like, focus on the record, make sure the angle's straight, make sure your hand's not shaking. Meanwhile, you're trying to look him in the face, and you're trying to ask a question. It was so hard. You need so some Google like, Glass. I was struggling trying to, like, manage all three. I was like, this is so uncomfortable. Did you get a new appreciation for those TMZ guys who do it while moving with somebody who's who's mad at them? Who's was like, hey, hey, hey. Did yeah, but they, I don't think they care that much. The, the camera's always shaky on TMZ, <laughs> Yeah, right? those are bad. Those are but like I'm with you. Like Slater is like kills that. Oh, it's like immaculate with the way Slater's he, totally a baseball player because his arm just doesn't move. No. Does, and, the, and then my favorite thing is when I see like I'll watch Nick's Fidel's or like uh, Medina's videos if I see them before Slater's, but Slater's in them, and he's just like he just has it on lock. Like yeah. he, it's just straight, and he's like turning his head to the side, like nothing's moving. I'm like Slater's like. Slater's he's got that on lock. We, 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 we didn't take Slater's hand bone and, and, and give it to Matt Olson. You know, I think I would feel much more steady about the A season if that happened. I'm sure it can be bought. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure Slater's got to get right. But look, Steph was aggressive. He made he was hot early. Uh, he ended up shooting, what was he, 9 for 19? 5, five for 10. 10 from 3. He had 9 rebounds, which is a team high. 4 turnovers. Uh, but he had 26. What did you think? It just a nice like, balance, a nice yeah. rhythm. Some of those early threes were, were those you just know it's in by the way he shoots it sometimes. Just by – it's just he, he's got a flow to it, and it seemed like he got more in touch with it. And, yeah, this wasn't one of those games that people will remember. It wasn't him dropping over 40 points, but he just looked – he looked better just form-wise, the way he was moving than in a few games. So, uh, you know, around here, James, like the talk has been – when Steph's not playing, mm-hmm. he's hurt. Yeah. <laughs> or Nate Duncan, Nate Duncan saying he's declining, he's which declining. is that people, yeah. so people get mad about. But like, aren't we all declining? You know, he's like we're all, has he peaked? <laughs> was that Draymond peaked? Peaked, yeah. but peaked though. Is that what he said? Was that a couple years? Somebody asked, yeah, did I Steph peak? That, yeah, yeah. yeah, that was yeah. hilarious. So around here, we've been having this discussion about what's wrong with the Warriors when when Steph is not playing. Uh, from your vantage point, I know you watch. You said you watch a lot of Warriors. I know you watch a lot of basketball. What is it about? Uh, explain, explain for us from the outsider's view. Why are the Warriors twenty six and four when Steph plays and KD doesn't? Uh, I'm, I don't want to make it controversial because I don't want to like hit and run and then I'm back. I'm back. I'm back to, I'm back to like, like when you travel. You're like, what do you think of our elections? Like, yeah, what do you right. think? <laughs> 
What's your take on our on our news? I it goes honestly for me as somebody that, again that thoroughly enjoyed the pre KD Warriors. There is something about the ball movement. There is something about getting. And I don't want to make it feel like Why this. You hate t- KD. No, I I like KD. I like KD. Do I like watching KD play? Not really. Not a lot. He's a great player. The best player in the league. There is just something about the way that this team flows and moves when KD is not on the floor. And like you said, it's not an indictment of KD who passed the ball brilliantly today. I think he moves the ball. But I think when things are tight and it's tight situations, there is just a little bit too much iso ball. And if shots aren't going in, shots are going in. It's hard to describe because KD is like the greatest player maybe like it's ever. Crazy. It's, it's but like, it, there is just something different when it's Steph and them. It's it's interesting. It's almost nobody ever applies the word genius to him, but he's kind of a basketball genius in a way where it almost seems to come what are we to talking about? KD, where it seems to almost come too easily. Yeah. Where it's almost taken for granted that it's always that turnaround is just money, that unblockable turnaround from anywhere in mid-range. I mean, he's might have people don't even associate I mean, turn around pull up like <laughs> all of it <laughs> that that, that one-legged that one-legged shot and there's just yeah. something about it some about the way he does it that doesn't inspire awe even though you could say that it's a level of basketball genius that's just we we rarely see and it's the same with lebron for me like i think LeBron's oh I, I think place, lebron's I don't, different i don't have fun watching lebron no I've, i'm I have, probably wrong like LeBron, what is it about? Is it just passing's more fun? I mean, is that what it is? Like, I've, I have more fun watching LeBron. It's the, I think to me a lot of it's that Magic Johnson stuff. Yeah. It's that it's that passing always always is fun, and you just maybe don't get enough of that with KD. I don't know what it is, but a lot of people feel the way you feel. Yeah, for me, what I find joy in in watching a basketball player, and I don't know if you guys know this, Marcus, you might know this, like. I like was a huge Sean Livingston fan. Like I met him when I was twelve and like signed autographs. Wait, like, wait, only, and you still have like a jersey? The only jersey I own, uh, other than a Steve Smith Hawks one, is a Sean Livingston like actual Clippers jersey. Um, because I love like players who like seem mortal. Like to me, Steph Curry is like a mortal man. Like his best attribute is shooting, which everybody on this earth has the ability to learn how to do as good as him. Kevin Durant, LeBron James are freaks of nature that I just really can't relate to. And there's just something about the likes of Steph and Clay, um, like uh, Sean Livingston is passing. Obviously, he's tall, but just the way he plays his high IQ. I'm not into, like, these super athletic guys, the super, like, freaks of nature that are tall and there's, like, nothing ever seen. Like, Giannis, I love watching Giannis, but it's like – I can never. Be well, Giannis has that thing where he suddenly dunks from where you don't think he's going to dunk, yeah. and that's fun with Giannis. Like he just suddenly it's a layup, and it shouldn't have been a layup. And I think that's every the dunk's aggressive. Yeah, it yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm wrong probably, but I'm weird. I know. I think you're expressing something. No, I feel like I feel like this is like a referendum on his basketball game. Mm. And he's like, man, I, I I get buckets with my you know. I'm not out here jumping over people. No. And so I don't like dudes that don't jump over people. 120%. <laughs> I was a pass-first two-guard. Oh, this is, this is so interesting. could only shoot and throw, and, and throw dimes. Slow-footed, like Greg Monroe slow-footed. Never dunked. Play below the rim. And that's just the type of guys I like. Like the mortal man I can relate to. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's wrong. But that, like go back to KD. I just think that there is such a genius in the way he plays and the way he carries himself and the things he's able to do. That it, to tie it to Detroit, you see it with Blake is sometimes the guys rely too much on Blake because there's just so much he can do. But it's worse for the team sometimes because you kind of just fall back subconsciously. And I don't think the Warriors fall back. I just think that 
not everybody is as engaged, as invested, or as free moving mm. when he's not playing. And you guys obviously. Do you feel the same way about Dirk though? Because Dirk has a game that's a little bit different from KD, mm-hmm. but there are a lot of similarities. You've got that unblockable fadeaway. You've got that. I mean, yeah, you, you I've feel never, the same like, way. I've, I've, I think Dirk's one of the greatest players ever. I've never like been like I love watching Dirk. Same with Tim Duncan. I've never like been like I love watching Tim Duncan play. I don't. I'm like I like like Bradley Beal. And like, I'm Bradley Beal's fun to watch. George, but Dirk, like, Dirk's got that super rainbow though. That's pretty yeah. cool. It was beautiful jump shot, yeah. and it's unguardable because of his height. Um, I don't know. We took this conversation left. My bad. I apologize. No, don't no, apologize. I knew, I knew exactly what that's what it was. I can tell. <laughs> no, <laughs> uh, you, you gave you gave Marcus what he wanted, which was sussing out where your opinions were coming from. Yeah. And I think it's an look. Why – this is the thing – it's not a bad conversation because this is the thing that we can't decide with stats. This is the thing that we can't decide. It's why does a guy's game resonate? Why do people like it? Why does somebody want to buy that guy's shoes and not want to buy the other guy's shoes? And to me, that's really interesting because we have so much that we can chronicle with numbers, but this is just the thing that that is, and we don't always know why it is. So it's worth talking about. And now we know that – it's our insecurities. That, that, that James was mad at dudes who could dunk and yeah. the backboard. And, yeah. And, and that's why I know you're good at your job because that's me. Like, it came out, and you're the first one to call me out on it. You, it's 100% I it. I can tell. Marcus, this is Marcus's genius. That's, that's, that's what he's good at. That's, uh, so uh, do you, do you want to, before we sign off, do you want to say anything praiseworthy for Andrew Bogut, your favorite warrior? Uh, see, now he's poking and prodding. He knows that this makes me uncomfortable. But I don't know why it makes me uncomfortable. Why does it make me uncomfortable? Yeah, yeah. You're the genius, Marcus. Why does it make me uncomfortable? Uh, I don't know if you really want me to say that on the pod. We can talk oh. about that. <laughs> <laughs> I think. Well, now I don't even know what you think. Now, now I'm confused. Now I'm confused. Now I'm confused by it. And I think I it's will just. I'll tell you this. Uh, out of all the reporters, Ethan has the best relationship with Bogut. Okay. Um, Bogut has a certain reputation that is a little bit anti much of the fan, the Warriors fan base. And there's a part of Ethan that doesn't want that fan base coming for him because of his relationship. He's ashamed of his relationship with Bogut. That's what it is. <laughs> is, is he right? Is he right? It, wait, is, is Marcus right? I don't. I'm trying to think about it. How right is Marcus about my insecurities? I told you you don't want me to talk about that. Marcus is usually pretty right about my insecurities. He's pretty right about it. He's pretty right about it. But I don't know if this is a legit insecurity or this just I don't want to deal with it. Like like, this is a legit thing where he's come back. um, It's making people feel good. It's interesting. And I get annoyed by the 12 people or so on Twitter who want me to write about his politics in a way that they don't like, which I just don't want to do. So it's more, I'm just being whiny. I'm just being, I'm just being dumb about it. I think. Is it like are people bringing back like aside from the politics, like even the race thing? Like didn't he say something like a few years back? Oh, the bling, the bling, bling. The bling, bling. I thought there was another thing. Uh, I'd have to go back and look. But yeah, like I've heard, I mean, you know the things about, is that what you're referring to? Like there's a, this city uh, is not necessarily the, I don't want to say that. Um, <laughs> this city is not necessarily on the same, uh, they have a, a opinion of Andrew Bogan based on some of the things he's said and has done. Is that what you're I actually to? think a lot of people in the city just don't care. Yeah, I don't think okay. they care. I don't think it's, I think it's like the, 
mo- we're mostly talking about people on Twitter. Right? Yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah. the Warriors fan base. I'm also talking about like Nathaniel Free- Nathaniel Freeman is somebody I know who writes at GQ and he's a good guy. Free Darko. He gave me my start, but he's somebody who just jumps in my mentions if I say anything about Bogut. And it's just, I it just it just grows a little tiresome. I get it. Like you're like, we're not making it about this for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Have to circle it back to this. Yeah, exactly. It's like like not maybe there is a worthwhile conversation about this, but not every time. Look, you know how hard it is to like build a relationship with a player and have them trust you and talk to you. I say, you don't let that go. Like you milk that for all it's worth. That's what I say. (laughs) I concur. Um, this was like a therapy session for Ethan. This now. was a lot of fun. We, we, we can, <laughs> Wait, can you say that in the microphone? Which one? This was a lot of fun. <laughs> I, I feel like we're going to get a fire bogus article down from you. <laughs> fire bogus. All right, we are out of here. Warriors back all 82 or all 60 or all 40, whatever you want to say about Anthony Slater. But tonight it was not Anthony Slater's show. This was Marcus Thompson with my The Athletic colleagues, Ethan Strauss and James Edwards. I gotta say the third. Like, do you hate that when people say the third? No, because I do put it on. I put it on things. I mean, it's just fire. Like, especially as a black yeah. man, right? You don't see that many the thirds. Like, yeah. you see, you know no, what I feel you. Like, man, you I, got a family. I you also. Are <laughs> <laughs> oh, you the second, right? Yeah, I'm the yeah, second. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I keep the second. Yeah, like, nah. same thing. It's that. I could tell a short story, but I don't, like about the name, it's funny. But I do like like JLE three JE three. Yeah. Like, there's a ring to it. Funny. I'll do it real quick. My family calls me Rico. My oh, name was wow. going to be Rico. Like anybody from my hometown and my family calls me Rico, R-I-C-O, because that's what my mom was going to name me until my dad cried like a girl to be named after him. So I thought it was Rico because you got a case man. coming up. <laughs> Your dad's amazing. I couldn't even get the middle name I wanted for my son. That's uh, Wow. I should have cried. I should have tried that out. I kind of just like, I don't know. I do like my name, but it's just like, it's a little bougie. James Larry Edwards the third. I mean, it's a little bougie, hey, but it looks good on that. I'm getting I'm in the door, though. Yeah. You I'm getting in the door. Home, or you you getting in the that door. Home, <laughs> I'm getting in the door lit. with that name for sure. I'm like Marcus Wayne Thompson the <laughs> second. Yes, absolutely. It's like the Eddie Murphy white guy voice. <laughs> All right, we out of here. Appreciate it. <laughs>